Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. FanDuel app is safe. You get paid fast. A lot of ways to play. The spread, the money line, team totals, players, props, a lot of stuff. Over-unders. Jump into the action. Same game parlays are my favorite. Just use the promo code Colin and download the FanDuel app today. FanDuel now live in Ohio. All right, Prime Cuts, best of the Colin Coward podcast. Playoff football is here. Joe Burrow stops by. Nick Wright stopped by. How good was he? Also, Chad Millman, Action Network, Sharper Square. I swear the playoffs arrive, and we're bringing our A-game, baby. Prime Cuts. The video is now out of OBJ, former Giants, Browns, Rams receiver, on an airplane that he got kicked off of. Well, it's not great, but yet there's plenty of OBJ stands defending him. I've come to terms with something about celebrity in our country. It can be Justin Bieber. It can be Taylor Swift. It can be OBJ. Men are often still little boys. They're fanboys. That's my term for them, fanboys. They worship celebrities. I love having fans. I don't want any of you to worship me, nor should you. I'm completely flawed. But OBJ all over the interweb, little boys in their 30s and 40s who are physically men, but have no sense of self. They worship they coddle, they wait in line, they wear jerseys. You'll never see me wearing a jersey. I thought OBJ moved into Des Bryant territory. Remember when Des Bryant was on Hard Knocks near the end of his career? And there was a piece of video of Des Bryant calling out a coach and being temperamental and immature and incredibly needy. His market literally dried up. Nobody wanted Des Bryant. Aging receivers who come off as petulant and needy, OBJ has no market. None. It's over. But OBJ's never had any self-awareness. He's now more known for, you know, the end zone peeing, uh, the model in Paris, on the boat, this video on the plane. Outside of the one-handed catch, what's his next biggest catch? If my kids acted like the video of OBJ, I would write them out of the will. And one of my kids is 16. OBJ's like in his 30s. Total, arrogant, entitled lack of self-awareness. But I can tell you right now, fanboys will be all over this podcast whining and defending OBJ because that's the culture. We have a celebrity culture and some guys, some men are boys, fanboys. It, and it doesn't matter what the behavior is. 
I mean, the first time I really came to terms with this was years ago with Bobby Knight. And Bobby Knight had a horrible reputation and a secret video of practice came out. And I forget the name of the player. And you could see him putting his hand on his throat. And I worked with a guy in the media who was a co-host for a short period of time who loved Bobby Knight, who defended it. And I remember saying, well, what if that was your kid? Would you defend it? Really? It was the first time it really hit home that there are men who are really have the maturity of boys that they worship. I mean, I collected baseball cards when I was eight. Um, and I admire great artists. I mean, I was, you know, it was Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Patrick Mahomes. These guys are incredible. I don't worship. And if you're still defending OBJ, he just became Des Bryant. That video, no thanks. Folks, what's the one position college football furnishes the NFL with every year with 20 new really good players? Wide receiver. OBJ is temperamental, brittle, expensive, and emotionally needy. Hard pass. So I was talking to somebody I met the other day in regards to timing. And they were talking about the podcast industry and we were, we were actually talking about the subscription service called The Athletic and how it sold to the New York Times for $450, $500 million. And this person was saying, because of the erosion of the stock market, Dow Jones is down several thousand. Uh, and because you know the world's always changing with so many new platforms, is that it may not sell for that today, not even close to that, but it did then. There's a moment in time for everything to sell in the media. That's what this person who has a lot of experience we talked about is that sometimes something that sells won't sell in six months. You've got a hit on the time. And I thought that's what's fascinating about the New England Patriots. This was the year to get into the playoffs. The Jets were a shit show at quarterback and Tua couldn't stay healthy. Okay, if Miami goes out and gets Derek Carr and the Jets get Garoppolo, Mac Jones is the fourth best quarterback in your division. You don't get to the playoffs with the fourth best quarterback in your division. I don't see an easy way out for New England. I mean, Tua probably inside the Dolphins executive suite. They've made a decision to move on. He's simply college and pro can't stay healthy. Not his fault, his reality. And the Jets are obviously going to the market. They need a left tackle and a quarterback. They have talent, running back, um, corner, defensive line, weapons. They got good players. And New England doesn't have a single receiver that separates. Devontae Parker doesn't separate. Jacoby Myers doesn't separate. They're really average, O-line, wide receiver, tight end. It's not a highly abundant wide receiver group in the first round, maybe by the second. But Jordan Addison maybe is a, a first-round wide receiver. Zay Jones maybe is. There's not four or five this year like there have been in previous years. I don't know the way out. That's what's fascinating. This was the year, and they wasted it by connecting Joe Judge and Matt Patricia to the offense. Go back and look at Mac Jones' rookie stats. They're pretty remarkable. They're, they're really solid, B-plus stuff, and he regressed. 
So the timing, go back to timing. This was the year to get some momentum. If Mac Jones played well, you'd have a greater chance to go into the free agent market and convince a DeAndre Hopkins, who reportedly Arizona is going to move, convince a DeAndre Hopkins, hey, I had a great rookie year, followed by a great second year. Come to New England and be the star. Well, he looks at it now. D-Hop would look at New England and go, why would I want to be part of that? That offense is a mess. So... I don't, I don't know the easy way out, and I thought it was absolutely something that Bill Belichick, when asked about the season, immediately said, I'm returning for 2024. That's not your call. That's the owner's call. The fact that Belichick put it out publicly, I'll be back next year. Andy Reid doesn't say that. It's the owner's call. That's never the coach's call in the NFL or the NBA. I'll be back. Steve Kerr's back if Joe Lacob, who owns the Warriors, wants him back. And that's Steve Kerr. So I think Belichick knows. He's kind of cornered here. The staff isn't great, doesn't have an offensive coordinator, doesn't have a tight end or a receiver that separates. Didn't you think it was something that Belichick's first opinion was, I'll be back, basically cornering Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft now is on the defensive. Oh, wait. Belichick's coming back. Bill didn't leave it open for a meeting or a discussion or an argument or a tug of war over his future. I thought it was something. I want to talk Derek Carr. So he has a no trade clause. The Raiders are now looking around for trade partners. They want to do it February 15th or earlier. That helps them out in the salary situation. So you can go to therapy. I've gone to therapy, but when I go to therapy, I am seeking a change. Not everybody is. I've probably had six, seven different therapists in my life. I've moved all over the country, as many of you know. And uh, I have gone for a specific reason to overcome something, fight through something, work through something. But I have friends who have been therapists, and they'll tell you that change is hard even when you want to change. Most people don't. And so... I watch the New York Jets. They're trying to find a quarterback. So what do they do? They fire their offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. Apparently, it came from the owners. The New York Jets need therapy. They can't help themselves. They've got to break through. So Derek Carr is going to seek continuity. The Jets already had a few things working against them. They have a defensive coach. They don't have a good left tackle. They have a defensive culture. One of the few things they had going for them, interesting young wide receiver talent and Matt LaFleur's smart brother as their coordinator. Now they just fired him. If you're trying to attract Derek Carr, because you're not going to get Tom Brady. So it's down to Garoppolo, Tannehill, Derek Carr. And Derek Carr, to me, is the best one on the market. He's always healthy, usually solid, BB+. You just fired your offensive coordinator. Matt LaFleur's brother is respected. It was one of the few things you had working for you. Now, it looks like Miami in your same division is the perfect landing space. Better weather, offensive coach, significantly better veteran weapons, better left tackle. <sighs> Jets. You're like the person that goes to therapy, but you're really not looking to change. You're just going because somebody said you needed to go to therapy. 
defensive coach, New York taxes, no left tackle, shaky ownership. Now you fire a respected OC. What are you doing? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Looking to get more out of the NFL season? Now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-717 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All right. First of all, long time, no talk. A lot of people bailed on Joe Burrow. Not this host. I remember that second half against Dallas and I said, I saw it. They're going to be fine. Um, I mean, you let's take the regular season, take a deep breath. Um, when did you, because you, you won a lot of games in a row now. Was there a, a one or a two game or one or two half moment for you, Joe, that you said, okay, boom, we're clicking. We're all good. This, this is a good team. Not really. You know, we, we had moments of that early in the year and it really just came down to being more consistent as a team and as an offense, you know, I wouldn't say there was one or two games that you point to and be like, that's, that's the turning point. It's just kind of progression of the season. You get better throughout the season. You have more practice time together. You have more reps accumulated and you just get better as the season goes. I'm not a huge fan of playing a team a third time. That's why I'm not a fan of, you know, Miami Buffalo a third time Seattle San Francisco I don't like it I think it's hard I mean let's be honest Buffalo's hard to beat once yeah I mean do you look at it and think all right they know my tendencies how do you view it yeah that's why division games are are always harder because you've you play each other twice a year you know how the other unit operates 
Uh, you know the guys, you know the scheme. They know what you're trying to do. You know what they're trying to do. So, you you know, it's always harder in those division games, and that's why they're always so tight. Do you feel more responsibility? It's very easy for a team that just beat a team to be flat the next week. That's the history of the league. You beat a team, then you have to rally the guys and say, yes, we got to play with our hair on fire. We can't beat them. Do you feel a little bit, Joe, like this is really where leadership comes in? Urgency. Go. This is everything. No, because our, our guys know how hard it was to beat those guys last week, and they're going to be healthier, and we know what happened early in the year. So, you know, like I said, these divi- you got to take all these division games as seriously as possible because you, we, we know what Baltimore has uh, on the defensive side of the football, and we know what they have on the offensive side of the football. They're a, a really, really good football team that, you know, wins a lot of football games, and so it's going to be a tough challenge for us. Brian Dable, Giants coach, who's got actually a lot of rings as an assistant or a coordinator, said playoff experience is overrated. Now, I look at you last year. You didn't have any, and you went on the road, I think, two out of three weekends. Where is it a little overrated, and where is there value in your experience? Yeah, that's that's tough to say because we're really once you get into the game, every game – is is the same and i think that's that's how you have to handle it so i i I'd, obviously i would say the more reps you have accumulated of, of something the the better you're going to perform but also once you get in it's it's just another game it doesn't feel on the field like a playoff game to you no you know the fans are it's a little more energetic in the crowd and the atmosphere is always better but you know, once you're out there on the field, you're blocking all that out anyway. When you look at this season, where you're at, I think situationally, you're a better quarterback than a year ago. That's what it feels like to me. I thought your first two years, they were rare, but you'd have an occasional meltdown. The game's fast. Did you? Do you sense like, you can sense, okay, this this could be one of these moments. Do you in real time ever feel like, Man, a year ago, I could have melted down there. No, I don't really feel like that. I do feel like I've I've drastically improved my play this season from from last year, just in the totality. And so I'm I'm happy with that. But there's also a lot of of room to improve as well. And so you know, I like where we're at as a team and as an offense and as defense. And honestly, as an as a locker room as well, we have one of the tightest locker rooms I've ever been a part of. And I really think that's ends up being the key to winning. How concerned are you with your offensive line injuries? You know, we have guys that we really believe in that have played a lot of football. Uh, guys like Max and, and Hakeem that, you know, have stepped in these last couple of weeks. You know, Hakeem was our starting right guard for the majority of the season last year, and Max has played a lot of football in this league. And so we got, we got faith in both of those guys to go out and, and do their jobs. You know, when you're – I could argue that your college team, LSU, is sort of iconic, Louisiana high school football and Ohio State, that your college programs were much more marquee than your NFL team. I think it's funny that you're considered the first or second best quarterback in this league by like people I respect, and yet Buffalo and Kansas City, I mean, Philadelphia, it's like in a weird way, it's a perfect spot. In college at Ohio State, you're a favorite every week. Yeah. LSU is a favorite. 
your team just got to the Super Bowl. And when I pick you number one, I have for five straight weeks, people are like, are you crazy? And I'm like, are you watching the games? You're like 12 and four. Do you feel sometimes even as good as you guys are? I mean, you're in a division with the Steelers and the Browns and the Ravens. These franchises are like bedrock, blue blood. Do you do you still feel a little bit like the new kid on the block? Uh, you know, maybe sometimes, but you don't I don't really don't really think in those in those ways. You know, I'm, we're so focused on the day to day of of getting better and and interacting with each other and and getting the work that we need to get done. It uh it honestly we don't really talk about it too much. Your thoughts on home field being decided by a coin flip. We know why, but it's, I mean, I guess the NBA lottery is ping pong balls. I mean, it, it's kind of odd, right? Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I understood it. I understood why they did it. I just wish that we would have been offered the same opportunity for a potential second round matchup for the bills that we didn't end up getting to play that game, you know, through no fault of our own. And it should have been canceled. We didn't want to play after that happened either, but you know, I, I think that we just weren't afforded some opportunities that other people were. It ticked you off. I wouldn't say it ticked me off. We'll, we'll play. We'll whatever with, with whatever we're, we're dealt, but it is what it is. When I go back to the uh, DeMar Hamlin moment, what really sticks out to me is uh, the fear on the players' faces. Um, I said this on the air. I was skiing a year and a half ago, and apparently there was a crash. And about 40 to 50 yards from me, a helicopter flew in, and they performed CPR. I did not know the person. It was 40 yards away. It freaked me out. I'm like, all right, that's a wrap. I'm done skiing today. Um, and that was somebody I didn't know. As I watched you guys watch that, I the composure you had. I mean, did it, Joe, you probably never seen anything like yeah. that. Did was it totally unnerving? Yeah, it was a scary emotional moment. What witnessing somebody that plays the same game that you do, you know go through a, a crisis that is, is life-threatening and, you know, you really take a step back and, and look at what, what you do and who you do it with and makes you appreciate that. And at the same time, reminds you that that's always a possibility every Sunday and every, every Monday and every Saturday that you walk out there. Uh, so I think a lot of discussions were had throughout the, the league privately you know, with, with loved ones, I know I had, I had some that, you know, that moment is scary. It can happen. And, you know, you try to try to limit it, but there's not a lot you can do. That's a, a normal football play that happens just about every play of every single game, which is what's so scary about it. One of the things I said the other day is that I think the five best quarterbacks in the league, I, I, I use this term, the five guys I wouldn't take a phone call on. If I was a general manager, you, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence. Um, I love Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford, but they're older. I'd take a phone call if I had to. I'm not going to take a phone call on you five. 
to watch you and Josh Allen, it was really, it was pretty, you know, I'm, I'm in my late fifties, Joe. Um, I love Josh Allen so much. I love everything you young guys are about. There was a real, a, a moment between you two. And here he looks like Superman. He's, he's, he's bigger than defensive ends. He looks like Superman. He was incredibly vulnerable. Do you remember that moment when you're right next to him? Yeah, that was, that was tough. You know, me and Josh are friends and, and I've known each other for, for a couple of years now. And, you know, it was just kind of a moment of, of unity between, you know, not just two teams, but football players. And, you know, we know what each individual person means to everyone else in a locker room. And to, to see people going through that was, you know, it was tough. And, you know, everyone in our locker room took a step back and said it could have been any one of us in that exact same situation. And so that's why it really hit everybody so hard. I thought the Cincinnati crowd was amazing. I thought nobody left utter silence i'd never seen anything like it even the anthem there's always a guy in the third deck drunk screaming the whole thing joe from the players to the coaches to the fans i i've been doing this 30 years i was so blown away by the cincinnati fans like in an instant our guy needs help their guy needs help did you notice any of that or were you were you really fixated on damar you, you you realize that once you take a, a step back, you know, maybe a day or two later and, you know, really reflect on the situation. It made me very proud to to live in the community, one, be a part of the organization, two, play for Zach, three, just with and also very proud of, of the medical staff, trainers, doctors. You know, we got, unfortunately, got to watch them operate and, you know, they were lights out. Uh, so it just made me proud to to be a part of what we have going on here. Yeah. Aren't medical people amazing? Aren't they amazing? Yeah. We had, I mean, you just, those kind of moments, you know, you find out what people are made of and the people that were out there on that field are, are badasses. You could probably make an argument, Joe, that you'll never look, you'll never come into a stadium and see those medical people the same like to you do you almost view them like 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 before they're part of the ensemble they're like heroes now like do you almost look at them differently when you enter a stadium yeah i do you know i walked into the to training room the training room the next day and I, I did look at everybody in that room a little differently you know i really appreciate yeah. those guys and girls all right, my buddy, Nick Wright. Um, we haven't talked to Nick in a couple of months. He's really busy. First things first is a smash hit. It's crushing. You know, it's funny, Nick. Thank you, buddy. The um, You know, the show's so successful. I've really nicely decorated my house with all these, you know, we get ratings bonuses. Yeah, I mean, just wealth just hitting me in the face. But your producers won't let me show it off. They said I have to turn off all the lights. They said you're, you're, you're shaming Colin Coward. Colin's doing this from a closet and, you know, somewhere in... <laughs> I assume the upper valley in Los Angeles and I've got this palatial estate. I can't show it off. That's fine. Maybe at the end of the pod, I'll get up and turn I all like the that. lights on so people can see what a beautiful scene I have behind me. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> all right. I want to talk to you about 
there's two coaches in football that I think bother the media, but Jesus, they're good. Brian Kelly has won everywhere instantly. He had a terrible incident at Notre Dame. A young man died. He is gruff. He turns purple when he's screaming at players. Right. Uh, and, J- and Jim he Harbaugh. He does a really, really crummy Cajun accent out of nowhere. Yeah. Those are in the cons column. But go ahead. Yeah. And Jim Harbaugh. And because Jim Harbaugh, I think, is on the spectrum and he's awkward and he doesn't really need the media. I think I get along with people. I struggle with him. People don't understand. Harbaugh went 44-19-1 in a division with arguably the most talented team in football in 20 years, the Seahawks. The Seahawks. And he took over a team that had won six games and went to three straight NFC championship games with Alex Smith and Cap as the quarterbacks. And Cap had a nice moment, but Cap wasn't a blue chipper. Alex Smith was considered a bust and immediately contended for championships and contended at Stanford and turned Michigan into a contender. Yeah. So I thought about this. Um, You know, when we do a show, I have opinions, but sometimes I'll sleep on it. Is that in college, the NIL is actually help coaches because it used to be you were felt guilty for making money because players weren't. Now a quarterback at USC can make five million. Nobody talks about coaches' salaries. But a lot of these situations at Michigan, you do feel like your your salary's published. You're the highest paid state employee at eight million. Or you go to the NFL, make 18 and nobody cares. Now you get fired sooner, but nobody cares. Is that I think to myself, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave Michigan. But I do wonder now, once the players get paid, the downside, because I'm for the players getting paid, but the downside is, well, shit, (laughs) if I'm going to have my players paid and they're going to transfer at any time, I'd rather just be a pro coach and make twice the money and not deal with the NCAA. We're going to lose a lot of these great coaches. And not have to deal with, is he academically eligible? I would, listen, I think some people love recruiting. I think I would hate it. I think the grind of the travel plus there has to be an element of, and I don't want to sound like an old man. And again, some coaches love it. And maybe that's why they're coaches because they love that thing. But of like trying to convince a 17 year old to, you know, date you essentially, that seems uh, again, Uh. I, I, I don't think I'd love it. I don't think it'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I got to fly to Baton Rouge because this 17-year-old kid that I thought was going to come play for me, now I think he's going to go play for Texas. So I have to expl- I have to win over him, his mom, and his dad. like that. So I, I would far prefer pro coaching where you're dealing with, with grown-ups, you only have to worry about the football part, and you don't have to convince 20, 25 new guys every single year to come play for you. It, what is interesting to me is it does seem like the money in certain instances, college, you, you, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, Colin, in certain instances, it seems like the money's bigger in college football. So like did Mel Tucker, who's what? Not one of the 15 best coaches got $90 million. Like no, very few NFL coaches have that. So I think for certain guys, college is a better deal. Harbaugh, here's the thing I want to say about Harbaugh, because I agree, I think Harbaugh is a great coach, a great coach. And I made the point on your show five years ago when I was filling in for you, and then I made it again the other day, that he has an argument that if the question is, I need someone to coach my football team, 
but I won't tell you if it's college or pro, he should be the number one draft pick. Because you can say, well, I'll take Belichick. Well, what if he's, it's Alabama? Like, well, you know what I mean? Okay, no, 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 I'll take Saban. Well, what if it's the Jets? Like Harbaugh has proof of concept at both levels, instantly good. Um, so I, so I, I think he's a great coach. The one thing I think the media is getting wrong with the Harbaugh story is this. They're like, oh, the new owners of the Broncos, they're the Walton family. They've yeah. got $70 billion. I, when it comes to coach salaries, the difference between $70 billion net worth and $7 billion net worth is irrelevant. Well, the coach salaries, it's like, oh, they can pay him $20 million a year. So can... 80% of the owners. Like, as long as you've got more than a billion, you can pay the coach anything. So the idea that the the Broncos have this leg up because their owners are so rich, I think people have it wrong. I don't think it's the three richest NFL owners have an advantage. I think it's the four NFL owners that don't have real money are at a huge disadvantage. So whether I think those yeah. teams are at a real disadvantage, but I yeah. think I think ever I think 80% of the teams. Could hire a twenty million dollar a year coach on a four year deal, fire him, and do that five consecutive cycles, and have four hundred million of dead coach money, and it doesn't affect their bottom line at all because they are multi or deca billionaires. I just think there's a few teams, whether it's the Cardinals, the Raiders, whomever, where it's like, oh man, do they have to keep this coach because they can't afford to pay the buyout? Finally. I love these, by the way. I, I always feel guilty. I tell my staff, call Nick the first sign of no bail. No, no, no. I love doing it. And I hadn't been on in a while, but we, but we'll do it especially. No, we got we can do this, Colin. I love doing it. You know that. So I think I said this years ago when ESPN did the phone, which was a disaster, is that ESPN owed the industry to roll the dice on the phone because they had the capital to take big swings. They were making so much money, $8 billion annually. They owed the industry. It would have, think about the industry today, if it now owned the phone industry sure. and cable TV. And, and by the way, those big swings, I never worked for ESPN like you did, but I give them credit anyway for things, also created 30 for 30. That was a big, expensive swing. And it was awesome. Yeah. And it was, yes. you know what I mean? It was awesome. And like, so the, yeah, yeah, the phone is like known as kind of a disaster, but yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. So I think the Amazons of the world and the apples of the world to elevate society, artificial intelligence, have the money, take big swings on things because small companies can't. And to advance society, that's important. So um, one of the things I believe you know, I've been doing this a long time. I have a very large audience, audio, whatever. I never, ever believe I'm the gatekeeper of any industry. I'm not going to tell people how to broadcast. Skip, you, it doesn't matter. Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith, we all have different styles. I'm a believer in lean into you. Whatever you is, do more you. But I like occasionally, and I believe in this strongly, throwing out a theory that could be absurd because... I don't want talk show hosts to feel they're trapped. I think I owe it 
in a weird way, I see myself as, I'm not going to get fired for a crazy take. Who cares if anybody rips me? I have a huge army of followers behind me. So I like throwing out occasionally something that seems absurd. Okay. I like that. Right? Like, it's like, I yeah. can do it. You're Who right. cares? It's I have the, you have the cachet, credibility, and career that you can, you're not bulletproof. But you at right. least have, a, you know, you're wearing, you got some body armor on and you can take <laughs> some slugs your way. Yeah, got it. Okay, Go so Mike Vrabel played with Tom Brady. He is absolutely one of the smartest coaches in the league. He knows the importance of the position. And he's now in a conference where Trevor Lawrence looks like a top five quarterback. He's in a conference with Mahomes and Allen and Burrow. And Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, all the good young guys are in his way. Yeah, and Bryce Young's about to be there. That's right. And Vrabel is going to get on the phone after this season because there's no dead cap hit for Tannehill. And he's going to say, Aaron, get the F down here. Oh, it's Aaron. Nashville. I thought you were going to say he's going to try siding Tom. No. Because you said he was friends with Tom. Aaron. So he's going to say, Aaron. He's going to play to his vanity. Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. I need you. He understands quarterback. Aaron's never had great defenses in Green Bay. The one year he did, they won it. So Green Bay simultaneously would take a hit. But because they're not paying Jordan Love anything. They could afford it. They can't afford to cut him. That's impossible. That's right. But they can trade him. They can yes. trade him and it doesn't kill him. And they look at their division. Goff's not a superstar. Cousins has limitations. Justin Fields has a defensive coach and a dysfunctional organization. And they're like, screw it. Let's give it a run for two years. We found our two receivers, by the way. The cap hit isn't as punitive. That my hot take is Vrabel's going to get on the phone and and try really hard to convince Aaron Rodgers, and Green Bay is going to say, Christ, we're walking on eggshells for 12 years here. Uh, listen, I don't think that's crazy. For the, I thought you were going to say Brady's going to go there, and I was only going to say that's crazy because I don't think Tom Brady's moving to Nashville. And again, I'm from Kansas City. I'm not taking a By shot. By the way, at a- I'm not comparing myself to Apple or Amazon in this whole scenario. No, but in the no, what you are doing is you are saying people that have the ability – to take big swings in any industry should. should do it. So I, you, I, in the, in the ecosystem of sports broadcasting, I don't know. I don't know who, if, if you're not Apple or Amazon, I don't know who is there, you know, whatever it is, that's fine. It's fine. It, it, we're, yeah. Listen, by the way, this is 40 minutes into a Nick Wright, Colin Coward podcast. The people who are still listening either really love one of us or really hate one of us. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right. so the, but, um, the, so the Rogers thing, I'm going to, I hadn't thought about him with Tennessee. Here's what I do think. And Packer fans are killing me for this. But I said, after they went four and eight and Aaron had the broken thumb that they should start playing Jordan love. And now they're like, Oh, look at us now. And the answer is really look at you now. What am I looking at? Like the, the, It'd be one thing if you were on this four-game winning streak because Rodgers is lighting it up. On the four-game winning streak, Colin, Rodgers has four touchdown passes. 
He has an yeah. 87 rating. They are averaging less than 200 passing yards per game. They're on the four-game winning streak because they have forced 12 turnovers in four games. They have two defensive touchdowns. Tua, we now know, was, you know, was dealing with a serious injury and melted down. They played the, like, give me a break. I said, you got to play love. And it's not necessarily punting on the season, but whatever. You've got to play love. And the reason you got to play love is the question I asked was, are you still in the Super Bowl business in Green Bay? Because if you are, you're not winning it this year. And what you need to do is figure out, can the kid play? And if he can play a little bit, but you're like, okay, he's not ready yet. Guess what? If you're still in the Super Bowl business and you're keeping Aaron Rodgers, someone will trade you a draft pick for him. You can use that to help next year's team because this team's not good enough. If he's, if you're still in the Super Bowl business and he is good enough, well, guess what? Then you have the conversation of, do we trade Aaron? But whatever it is, they should have used this time to get information on Jordan Love. Instead, they are going to blindly pick up his fifth-year option. Blindly. Having seen him play one game against the Chiefs terribly last year and a half a game this year. It's insane. And they're not going to be able to trade him because nobody has seen him play. They're not going to. Now, maybe they trade Aaron, like you're saying, but the risk there is that Jordan Love's no good. Now, I don't think he's no good, but it's on the board just because he hasn't played. And so I don't think the Packers have handled this right. I also don't think Aaron's made it particularly easy for them like throughout this process. But I, I think the idea, you know, Mark Schlereth came on my show and I said, no, it wasn't even my show. It was the day I was filling in for you. He came on your show, but I was talking to him. Um, and... I said, made the point that I thought the Packers should have played love because they have to decide on his fifth-year option. And he said he believes they have already decided that they are picking it up. And he, he didn't say he was told this. I don't want to misquote Stink. He said he thinks his, his theory is that they're moving on from Aaron, that they've seen enough from love, that, that the reason they didn't play him in this spot is because they knew this was Aaron at the end. They were going to let Aaron get his final run and see what happens. But – it's an interesting situation they have found themselves in. Can I ask you one question before we go? Sure. Everyone is saying the NFC is wide open. The NFC has no juggernaut. Why are the Niners not a juggernaut? They feel like a juggernaut to me, man. How about this? So today, a buddy of mine, degenerate gambler, great guy. He's a fireman in Connecticut. Good friend. He sends me shit all the time. He's a basketball scout on the East Coast. He's so great. And he said, for all those questioning Brock Purdy, he goes, Matt Campbell will be one of the finalists for the Michigan job if Harbaugh leaves. He's viewed as a super sharp coach. He said, during Brock Purdy's run, in the four years as a starter at, at Iowa State, they were 30 and 17, 25 and 10 in the Big 12, and 7 and 10 record against ranked opponents. Now, that's noteworthy. This is Iowa yeah. State. This year with Matt Campbell, 4 and 8, 1 and 8 in the Big 12. Wow. 0 oh and 4 against ranked opponents. Do we have Tony Romo, Kurt Warner on our hands? A great player that was undervaluated, yeah. if that's a word. Under-evaluated, sure. Under-evaluated. Uh, yeah, th here's the thing. 
But I guess my point is, even if he's not a great player, the Niners won a game this year started by Trey Lance. They won a bunch of games started by Jimmy Garoppolo. They're now undefeated with games started by Brock (laughs) Purdy. Sometimes a team is not reliant on the quarterback. And it would seem to be a team that has Nicky Bosa, Eric Armstead, an amazing defensive coordinator, that uh, Hafanga, who looks like he plays three positions at once, the safety they have, the best left tackle in football, maybe the best running back in football, the second best tight end, two awesome wide receivers. Team kicks ass, man. And now, am I also kind of trying to speak into existence? Uh, speaking of good, great friends of yours that have gambling problems, I put, I, di- I did this on my podcast, What's Right with Nick Wright in the preseason gambling show. I put, I did a whole preseason show where I did my season over under bets. Yeah. And then you can get on FanDuel before the season. Uh, Super, like you could pick an NFC winner and an AFC winner and parlay it. So just pick who's going to be in the Super Bowl. And before the year, Chiefs Niners was 50 to one. Not even a winner. Not Chiefs over Niners, Niners. It's just the Chiefs win the AFC, Niners win the AFC was 50 to one. I put $1,000 on it, Colin. So I've got, that's a live bet right now. That's a, I think the Niners, to me, with what's going on in Philly with the injuries, are the favorites in the NFC. And the Chiefs are certainly at least co-favorites in the AFC. And I think the Niners, I, I, I think people are talking about the NFC like it's wide open be, purely because, I, and I get it, it's not just a rookie, it's a seventh-round rookie, but the kids played great. Shanahan has proven he can win in the playoffs without great quarterback play. And I think this roster is stacked. Stacked. So do I. Yeah. And Debo's coming back. And Debo's coming back. That's the other thing to look at. Which teams this time of year are getting healthier and which teams are getting more injured? Philly is the most injured it's been all year. The 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 Chiefs, nobody cares because it's Mahomes. He hasn't had his number one wide receiver for six weeks. They haven't had their number one running back, who's not very good, but for five weeks. They're both coming back. Like the the teams, you gotta. That's something you always gotta watch. It's one of the things I worry about with the, your Bengals, Lyle Collins. Like you had that offensive line continuity all year. Lyle Collins goes down. Like how that is concerning to me. One last NFL thing before I go. I don't know if I believe this or not, but it is interesting. Mean, believe it, it's true. But I don't know if I buy into it. The Steelers are seven and two when TJ Watt plays. Seven and two when TJ Watt plays. <laughs> that's that's crazy. crazy. That team's got no one on offense. I know Collinsworth was falling all over and said about Kenny Pickett. Dude's got hands smaller than your daughter, and he's got six touchdown passes. I don't think he's a superstar. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, Chad Millman, CCO, Action Network, all odds provided by FanDuel. So I ended my regular season hitting 54.5%. I had a winning week last week. I like to get to 56 
This year I was 54.5%. I'm okay with it. If I picked earlier in the week, I think I could go from 54.5 to 56. I'm not going to make any excuses. That's not who I am anyway. Let me ask you a question. Uh, last week, I said, take these teams and I feel like you'll get there. And I don't think you took those teams. I think I took one of the teams. I didn't have a problem finishing at 56% this year. Well, you're a professional gambler. Well, I'm trying to get you there. That's why I give you the answers. Yeah, that's what my mechanic says. And then I say, <laughs> listen, you work at Jiffy Lube. Fix my goddamn car. <laughs> no, listen, you do that. That's what you do. That's why I bring you on. I am a slightly more refined square than your average square, but I'm a square. That said, I usually take underdogs. Um, let me tell you my, cause I like two of the favorites this week. Let me tell you the underdog I like. I like the Ravens. It's now at minus 10. They've given Burrow, Joe Burrow issues. I do not like having to face a team back to back. Cincinnati's better. There's no question, but this series and this, this Baltimore culture Made Brady earn every win. Made Peyton earn every playoff win. They're built for this stuff. The line's 10. I have to take the Ravens, sharper square. You have to take the Ravens. I'm sick about this. It's totally sharp. I, I took the Ravens at six and a half, thinking Lamar Jackson might play. I took the Ravens at seven and a half when I thought, that uh, when it became clear Lamar Jackson probably wasn't going to play. I can't believe this number keeps going up. And I think you nailed a couple things on the head. Uh, number one, playing the team again is a challenge. Number two, culturally, this is a good spot for the Ravens. They don't get blown out in games. Three, let's talk about the offensive line for the Bengals, which are now down two key players. And even last week, when the bank, when the Ravens were resting eight starters, they were still getting pressure on Joe Burrow. And this is an entirely different defense since Halloween. That's when Roquan Smith joined the team. Since that time, they've gone from 20th, I'll use a fancy term, fancy analytics term that betters love, DVOA, really just a, a stat that encompasses many different metrics to come up with all-encompassing number. A lot of betters use it. They were 20th in DVOA against the Rush. After Roquan Smith, they were third. 132 points allowed since Smith joined second fuse in the NFL. He's a tackling machine. He, After he and Fred Warner, yeah. he's great. just tackling machines. But here's the other key. He joined the team and Patrick Queen, who had been underachieving, which is why they traded for him, moved over. And now together, they are a much more athletic pass rushing dynamo that has the third most pressures of any linebacker duo since Roquan Smith joined the team. So 10 is just a massive number. It's just, it, it's getting out of control. Yeah. Secondly, Seahawks getting nine and a half, some places 10. The weather is going to be windy and cold and wet. I know I live here. We're getting hit with what they call cyclone bombs, pineapple express. Now, <laughs> Southern California is just getting wet. No cows getting wind and wet. You're asking a rookie quarterback, first playoff game. P. 
Pete Carroll's been around the block. This is his not his first rodeo. Do I think the Seattle Seahawks struggle to move the ball? Yeah. Their offensive line, the rookie tackles have, as Greg Cosell pointed out to me this week, have regressed post-Thanksgiving. Why? Because you go from college, you go down to Phoenix or Miami and train, you go into camp, you go to the season, and you hit a wall post-Thanksgiving. All rookies do. So the O-line for Seattle is not what it was in September when Charles Cross was impenetrable. But lousy weather. A completion machine in Geno Smith. Brock Purdy makes an early mistake. Shanahan gets tight and restrictive. It feels like 24-17 to me. Ugly, wet, sloppy. One, one unlucky Niner turnover early. Shanahan puts the clamps in, wants to get out of town. Ball control. Seattle feels like the side. Sharper Square. Sharp Calls winner of the week. I've referenced Sharp Calls on the podcast multiple times this season. It's a segment we do on The Favorites, me and Simon Hunter, where over the course of the week, we get a lot of calls from professional bettors who are listening to the podcast, and they will give us their feedback on games we are talking about. This was the game they all called about. They like the Seahawks in this spot. A lot of reasons why, all of which you just mentioned on the field. I think the weather is certainly something that when you get a number this big, you have to take the weather into consideration, especially unprecedented weather like this. Tons and tons of trends backing the Seahawks in this situation. So yeah, you're playing the sharp side here. Okay, I'm going to take another favorite. I love them and will not be mocked for it. Dallas off losses, has followed all of them this year with multiple wins. It was Dak's worst performance. I have a rule, and it's one of my only betting rules. When a B to B plus quarterback, a capable quarterback, a Kirk Cousins, a Dak Prescott, has a stinker, they read the press, they hear the press, they're pissed, they always bounce back with a solid or better than solid performance. Dallas is the better team. You take out uh, Mike Evans against Carolina's fourth string cornerback. They can't run. They haven't been vertically successful. There are certain realities with teams. Tampa hasn't run the football in two years. They're totally one-dimensional. Brady's got to throw 48 times. I don't care. I'm swallowing the points. I like the Cowboys sharper square. Totally square. Uh, The line opened at three. I bet it at three on Sunday night. It's been sitting around at two and a half all week. And there's a lot of signals here for the Bucs. Number one, again, short home favorite. Um, You're telling me that I can have Tom Brady, who just finished another record-setting year with his best full game of the year in week 17. I don't poo-poo what he did in week 17 uh, against a coach in Mike McCarthy, who, let's face it, has proven to be bad in these tactical situations, high-risk situations where the season is on the line. He just has been. I mean, that going back to Green Bay, teams underperformed in the postseason. Look at how ill-prepared they were last year just in trying to get a snap-off at the end of the game. Look what the Cowboys have done the past several weeks against Sam Howell, Josh Dobbs, Gardner Minshew, giving up 27 points per game the past five weeks. Dak Prescott, Leading the league interceptions, missing a third of the season. 
So he's going up against a top 10 defense in total yards passing, yards per attempt, sacks. And by the way, they've got Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea playing together again. It's only the eighth time that's happened all year. The other seven times, Tampa was six and one. They gave up less than four yards per rush, less than 15 points per game. Without both of those guys, five yards per rush, 25 points per game. So you're getting a very healthy defense that will probably play like we expected them to all season long. Okay. Um, bills are now all odds provided by FanDuel, like a 13 and a half point favorite. Um, I honestly, I would take Buffalo. I Do think it. it's going to be awful. Bills by a million. This was uh, our, our big balls bet of the week. 40 to 14. Yeah. Uh, you know, I bet the Bills at 12 and a half. I didn't have the smarts to bet him when he was at 10. Um, I feel like, and a lot of the wise guys feel like, in these wild card games, they, they oftentimes play to the script. And they oftentimes play to the script when it's a first-time playoff quarterback playing against a veteran playoff quarterback of the past 20 years, 14 and 35 against the spread for first-time playoff quarterbacks. And very small sample size, but favorites are 10 or more at home in the wildcard round, five and one the past six years. So I am not afraid of taking the Bills at a big number in this game, and the wise guys aren't either. volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show wherever you get your podcasts only on the volume podcast network if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 